0: Flap, open, wait, flip, slap, flip, slap,
1: Ryan, we are almost there. We, we are almost at the end of our, our long search for a new head coach of your Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. And I am
0: so excited about the options. <laughs> I mean, how can you not be excited about Dan Quinn? <laughs> Dan Quinn. You can't help but just, I mean, my God. The anticipation of them hiring Dan Quinn is just, it's keeping me up at night. I'm really excited. Didn't he used to be the head
1: coach of the Atlanta Falcons when they drafted Mike Vick?
0: <laughs> oh God, yeah, it is. Who am I thinking of? Who? What's the name of the fucking the Quinn head coach for the Rangers? What's oh, the name? Uh, R- R- Roman Quinn, who's, Roman- <laughs>
1: yeah. Speedy Known center fielder of- for the Phillies, who could yeah. play one game without getting injured.
0: Who? Why am I forget? Is it? It's all right. So it's not Dan Quinn. Let's see. There's Doctor Quinn, medicine woman. <laughs> um Hold on. I'm, like, annoyed that I'm... Dan Quayle? David Quinn. Ah, there it is. Dan Quinn, David... There's too many Quinns. There's a lot of Quinns out there, honestly. Yeah? Quinny? The Quinster? David Quinn, if he's the head coach of the... He's not going to be the head coach of this team, I think. No, no. Like, and that's kind of been confirmed at this point. Like, we've heard from, you know, the people who know things that apparently... It's coming down to a few names and uh, Quinn, thank God, isn't one of them because I saw him at the Olympics and uh, Jesus Rangers fans weren't wrong for uh, thinking he's the dumbest man alive.
1: So this is a really sad time when we can actually trust the words of Rangers fans on these kind of things, because they all said, you know, Alain Vigneault is going to burn out your young core. He's not going to be good for them. And they they were 100 percent right. Nobody ended up liking AV. Big Al lost the room. The ass crew. He lost the ass crew. (laughs) (laughs) The ass crew lost the room. It was just, it was bad. It was bad. And then we had to begrudgingly admit that Rangers fans were right. And I imagine they're going to have quite a few words to say if the Flyers go ahead and hire the guy who is perceived to be the front runner for the Philadelphia Flyers head coaching job right now. And that's (laughs) one. John Tortorella, who if you you may, you may remember a couple of months ago when this name first came up and I basically did the Michael Scott like, oh, God, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, it's really looking like Tortorella at this point. John Bucciagross pretty much keeps going on Twitter and just shouting it from the mountaintops yeah. because he's just been posting pictures of Bucci's eyes and Gritty's eyes Gritty's, and they're, <laughs> yeah.
0: like they're and meeting that's not like nothing. It's not nothing. Like, no, they work together like he sees him often. So it's he like... actually has that
1: exact eye contact with
0: with Tortorella constantly.
1: Right. It's very it, it's reminiscent to me of, of Mac and Charlie on Always Sunny when they're across the restaurant from each other and <laughs> they, they lock eyes like that's, I guess, you know, what I'm thinking of when Bucci posts those uh torts and gritty locking yeah. eyes right there and hopefully they get along like that because i could also see torts just ripping off the gritty head and he humbling the mascot much like uh <laughs> oh my god who was the legendary dodgers tommy lasorda tommy lasorda would beat the shit out of the fanatic back in the 80s
0: yeah who was the guy there was a this is i think in like the 90s the flames head coach like or some other head coach like craig ripped
1: mcdavish ripped his-
0: yeah, he like ripped the tongue off their mouth. Harvey the Hound,
1: yeah. It's one of, one
0: of <laughs> Craig's
1: all-time favorite things to mention on the show is the time Craig McTavish ripped the tongue out of Harvey the
0: Hound. <laughs> it was so good. It's so like, good. Definitely imagine being, imagine getting that full of a diaper from a fucking mascot and you're these the head, coach. head coaches.
1: These head coaches are fiery personalities. These are men who are just constantly pissed off because they have to deal with hockey players all day. And I, I, you know what? There's no tongue on Gritty, but I no, can totally see Torts ripping the googly eyes out of the mascot
0: uniform <laughs> and just scarring Maybe. the children of Philadelphia for years to come. Name one man in recent hockey history who just is the is a better embodiment of visceral rage than John Tortorella. You know that
1: Fiery Italian will play well in <laughs> Philadelphia, I will tell you that.
0: Yeah. Alright, so I have a lot of thoughts about Torres. Like, I know there's a lot of pros and cons to him. I'll start with the cons. Like, obviously he hasn't he hasn't he, he has a tendency to lose a locker room. Like, his message comes on strong and it works for a bit, but then it kind of falls off really fast and violently. <laughs> um, and, like, that's a red flag. It's also a red flag that, you know, you hear these comments from Patrick Laine as soon as Torts got fired. He basically was like, yeah, I like, if you want to score goals, you have to kind of, quote unquote, cheat a little bit. And Torts didn't want us to do that. And we had no freedom as players, is basically what he would say. And like then there's the whole thing with um, Trevor Zegras, his comments of the Trevor Zegras play, where he's like, oh, I think it's bad for the game. If players on my team did that, I would have a sit-down talk with them. And it's just like, <sighs> you don't like hearing that stuff, because you would optimally prefer the Flyers to hire a progressive head coach that you know, allows the team to be a fun team that's fun to watch. And that's not quite what Torts is. He's very structured. He's defense first. He has that kind of like play it safe mentality in a way. And like that is, to me, that's like not great. But at the same time, he is a good head coach, I think. Like he, whenever he gets hired by a team, he, like, no matter how like much that team lacks talent. He turns them into at least a playoff team. And I don't know, like if, if this is, if the flyers really, really are trying to compete next season, like who better to bring in to make them compete immediately than John Tortorella, who's going to yell at the players and shit. And this is going to appeal to that older, you know, broad street bully crowd of the fan base who are dying for someone with like some, some grit and toughness on the bench. And, I mean, that's what Torres has. So, I mean, I don't know. I Personally, I like John Tortorella. I do think he's a good coach. But, like, the only thing that sucks is I I do feel like this is – if he's the guy. Because we still don't even know. If he's the guy, though, this is something that, like – I have a hard time imagining it going beyond, like, three seasons with him in Philly. Right, and that's the problem, right? Because we've all
1: kind of seen the future here, and this is why people are are hesitant to go on what we call retreads, right? Because uh, you may say it's all been overblown talking about not wanting a retread or anything, but... It seems like Tortorella really burns himself out, much in the way that Peter Laviolette did back in the day. Like, we were all delighted when the Flyers could hire Peter Laviolette back in 2010. Like, oh, this is a Stanley Cup winner, and he was a fantastic coach for a couple years. But when Lavi failed out here, it was in spectacular fashion. They fired him three games into a season after what... All the beat writers called the worst Flyers training camp they had ever seen. Just a completely listless (laughs) training camp. And these guys, unfortunately, have these reputations, especially these coaches who run hot. And Tortorella, to his credit, has seemed to calm down a little bit in Columbus. And he has improved. Like he maximized the shit out of those rosters. Yeah. The Columbus Blue Jackets were not a very good hockey team, talent wise, for, you know, don't get me wrong. For a few years, he had Panarin, he had Seth Jones,
0: <sighs> Pierre right. Dubois, he had
1: uh, Warinsky, and he had Bobrovsky. So he did has some talent, but still not a top flight NHL team by any means. And yeah. you know he he really did seem to maximize that. So on that front, he will probably get Comcast and their Flyers back to the playoffs. Uh, maybe not this cup upcoming season but in the seasons to come yeah but yeah it kind of screams like four or five years and granted for the flyers when have they ever had a coach that's really lasted more than like four or five years not very
0: often exactly dude yeah since i I, he's gonna be whoever this is this next coach assuming it's torts they're gonna be the seventh coach in like eight nine years yeah yeah that's it's not it's good. Not good. And that's, the Flyers are just going through it and, and that's what they've always done. That's what the
1: Flyers have done as far yeah. back as I can remember. I mean, if you're looking back at Flyers history right here, Fred Shiro, of course, Freddy the Fog is, you know, one of the, the legend, the GOAT, as far as Flyers coaches go. And he lasted seven years. And then if you're looking through, like Pat Quinn was here a few years You know, Bob McGammon, just a couple years. Mike Keenan had four years. It seems like Mike Keenan had way longer than that. It's just four years. Paul Holmgren had, what is this, three years? Uh, Let's see. Terry Murray had three years, which felt like a very long time, considering the highs and lows of his tenure. Craig Ramsey didn't even go a full year, but that's because he sucked. And you know, there's not really many guys who have gone very long. Ken Hitchcock at four years. These are like presidential terms.
0: No, it is. It's, it's a very quick thing, I feel like. And I don't know. Like, I feel like everyone would love to have... I mean, I shouldn't even say I feel like. I know everyone would love to have a coach that just stays in Philly for 20 years and they're consistently good for 20 straight years. But like, that just doesn't seem to be how the franchise works. And I don't know if it's like i don't even know if it's not even a franchise problem eh, think. i think it's just like maybe a little know, bit well
1: like you could say that under ed be, snyder but... because ed snyder he was often blamed for the coaches being uh turned over as often as they were because ed snyder would have that famous right. uh impatience and want to just scrap it and go try something new right because ed snyder wanted to right. win so badly as we all know we all know ed snyder wanted to win we're all fully aware of this. But, you know, I'm looking at it right now. I think Peter LaViolette might have the longest tenure of anybody in recent Flyers history. Peter LaViolette lasting from December 4th, 2009 to October 7th, 2013. And <laughs> that's one of the longer tenures here. I mean, Ken Ken Hitchcock, again, four years for him. And it felt like Hitchcock was here a lot longer than he was. And John Stevens only had three years. I think LaViolette really is... Well, that's that's about four years, so that really seems to be the shelf life for most of these Flyers coaches is about four years, and if you look at Tortorella's history, six years has been, at least two of his tenures have been six years, the Rangers and the Blue Jackets, Tampa Bay was seven years, he won a cup there famously, and... He he has a little bit more longevity. And the thing is, Tortorella, as I think Bill Meltzer was pointing out and a couple other writers, he, he kind of has a couple sides to him, right, where he can be this fiery personality, but he can also be a very generous human being sometimes. I've heard some great humanitarian stories from him. And
0: I know he's a great dude. Right. He's a great, like a genuinely good dude. Yeah.
1: Like, is he still a great hockey coach? Is he connected? Can he innovate? Because he can be pretty old school. I mean, in some respects he could be pretty old school. In some respects he could be new school where he, you know, will rest his guys a little bit more and cut down on those morning skates and everything. And he, he, there are pros to John Tortorella, but there's also a lot of red flags, a lot of cons. I mean, if you're looking at his career, with the Lightning, he was 239, 222, 36, and 38. Uh, the Rangers, 171, 118, 1, and 29. The Canucks, 36, 35, and 11. And the Blue Jackets, 227, 166, and 54. So, you know, he's got winning records everywhere. And that, that Canucks tenure is funny because he only had the one year and he was barely above 500. <laughs> but... <laughs> Actually, depending on how you classify the overtime loss, I guess he's below 500 there. It's uh, such an unusual category to try and classify. But Tortorella ultimately is a guy who will probably win you hockey games. But is he going to win you a Stanley Cup at this point in his career? I right, yeah. And this team is not close to a Stanley Cup right now unless they have some drastic reworking to do, like we speculated that Chuck Fletcher is going to try to do. And what may be his last year as general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. The other thing to consider with this choice is we've talked a lot in the past, I don't know, six, seven months about the old school flyer influence on the front office, because that wasn't really yes. there when Ron Hextall was in, because as we we famously learned on the Cam and Strick podcast earlier in the season, Bob Clark went on and, and talked about Ron Hextall locking the doors and all that. And it's been reported that Ron, Hextall, not that Ron Hextall, that Bob Clark has a a good relationship with Chuck Fletcher and it certainly seems like the influence of Bob Clark is very pervasive in the current front office and I know Paul Holmgren still has a voice in the room and in a lot of respects I know other people pointed this out but it seems pretty obvious you know to everyone that Bob Clark this really seems to be his pick and he still has the influence over the head coach pick
0: yeah yeah no I mean and it makes sense because like As you said, we've kind of been talking for a while now about, like, how the old heads are kind of still running this whole thing. They're kind of running the ship. And, like, I can't remember how long ago it was, but, like, Kelly mentioned on the flagship show how, like, the curse of the Flyers is, like, the Broad Street bullies. And how, like, they're still – they're retired, but they're, like, still part of the decision-making for the franchise. And, like, until that no longer is a thing – they're going to be, like, stuck in their same old flyer ways. And, like, name one coach that makes more sense for, like, a Broad Street bullied type person than than Taurus. Like, it's a match made in heaven. And, like, I- I'm not going to sit here and complain about it because, like, like I said, like, Taurus is a good coach. And he does have, a like, a strong resume. He's won a cup. He's won the Jack Adams twice. Like, he's clearly a good coach. But the big question now is, like, is he still a good coach? And, like... One could argue that he's not, and that's not unreasonable at all given like, you know, some of what we've we've heard him say over the last few years. So yeah, it it's it's just it's I think the frustrating thing for the Flyers is like with this current group of people in the front office, they're never gonna make some sort of progressive hire. And I think that's what the Flyers I think that's what a lot of fans want. They want to see someone who's gonna make the team fun, push them forward, push the game forward, perhaps. Game forward. And that's just not i don't think that's a you know a realistic thing right now with the people in charge yeah and that's depressing
1: that's extremely yeah. depressing for a team that refuses to acknowledge that they need to rebuild a team that just thinks they can just reload they can just
0: they'll be back competing in no time yeah and it's like they talk about rebuilding as if it's like a dirty word or something oh, sure. it's like oh like yeah they like dance around that word i'm like there's no heart like people rebuild teams rebuild we hear other gms say it all the time like what do you guys have against this thing like because if you don't rebuild you run the risk of just being continuously mediocre for five more years and that's gonna lose even more fans so like what like make a choice here you know pick your poison
1: these are the kind of people that treat the sixers Process like it was one of like it was a major crime committed to sports right there, and oh. it, it, all the Sixers were doing was saying out loud what a number of teams had been doing under the radar for years. They tried yeah. something, and I respect the hell out of that. And frankly, if the process results in a Joel Embiid, and it's certainly not guaranteed, but you know, I, I know they they made a joke on the the show Hacks recently about how the Sixers process was a a failure. Uh, because they they blow it every year and you know that's a funny little joke but you gotta say the fact that they got Embiid out of it and believe me the Sixers fucked plenty of that up if you look over at Jason Tatum, Tatum playing in the NBA Finals while Markel Fultz is on the Orlando Magic where he was traded for scrap parts basically but if you get a superstar of the Embiid quality out of it uh, it's worth exploring and right now you know there's no guarantee the Flyers would end up with Connor Bedard if they tank this year, but it's certainly something I'd like to explore. And also just looking at new school tactics, looking at evolving the game. Hockey is certainly not what it was when John Tortorella won a Stanley Cup back in, I believe it was 2004. And it was a very different game back then. It was just kind of coming out of, well, still kind of in the clutch and grab era. And he had Marty St. Louis, he had Vincent LeCavalier, he had such great talent on that team, and young talent at that time. And He's had success with the Rangers, he had success with the Blue Jackets, but the Blue Jackets' success, a lot of that was turtling up, and in fact, his team taught the Tampa Bay Lightning a lesson on playing defense with an upset, and Tampa Bay, as we'll talk about shortly, has really taken that to heart and is using that to their advantage to continue dominating in the playoffs. So, I mean, maybe that's good in that respect, but Tampa Bay also has the talent up front with uh, Kucherov and you know, with Braden Point and all them to, and Stephen Stamkos, I would be remiss if I did not mention Stephen Stamkos in there to continue to score, even if they're going to turtle a little bit more. And the frustrating thing for me too, is to look around and look at Montreal, for instance, and Montreal is certainly not a front office that has done much right. They've taken on a lot of huge contracts and signed a lot of huge contracts that is keeping that team from moving forward. I mean, Shea Weber, nobody knew that his career was going to play out like it has in the past few years, but that was certainly a big chance to take when they took him on. And now it looks like he's probably never going to play hockey again. And if you look over at Carey Price, he said, you know, obviously the struggles are not something that you can anticipate, but it was a risky contract that they signed him to. But that's my way of just saying the Montreal Canadiens have not certainly done the best front office job, but where they have succeeded in the past few months is finding Marty St. Louis to coach. And he's been just such a a breath of fresh air. He's helped Cole Caulfield really blossom into an NHLer, And that's the kind of thing I would just, I'm envious of as a Flyers fan. I I would love to see an innovative young coach because we've seen, you know, Craig Bruby, for instance, come in and, kind of work out his coaching system here and then go on to success in St. Louis, but nothing particularly exciting about that coaching style. Right. I want, I would love to see something like Marty St. Louis with this excitement that he's bringing and this injection of, because he's a guy who played the game fast. He knows what speed is. right? Right. And he knows how to, how the current modern NHL is played. And that's my main fear with a guy like Tortorella. It's too old school. It's too broad street bullies.
0: Let's just make Danny Briere, the head coach, the GM, the owner, the assistant coach, <laughs> the athletic trainer. <laughs> like, I'll make Claude Giroux a really who's... Good coach right now if he
1: wants to come back and be player coach. I'm into that. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. That would be fun. would be fun, yeah. 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 No, I just like – you want to talk about a guy who is fast and fun and like that was Danny Briere back when he was playing. And like it's, it's, it's definitely good that he's playing or he seems to have a pretty uh, deep future. Well, he seems to be pretty sharp. He seems to have a lot of uh, a lot more of an analytical
1: mind than, you know, yeah, Chuck Fletcher yeah. or uh, I, I can't I don't know what the hell Ron Hextall was doing because nobody knows because he locked doors and nobody can no. nobody yeah. can kick down a locked door. But it's it certainly, <laughs> you know, he seems to have a more of an embrace of uh, more analytics. Like they were talking about him showing it to Travis connecting and everything. Yeah. So th- yeah. there's a lot of good things, good feelings I have with Danny Briere coming in that I don't necessarily have about torts. And the funny thing is when I'm everything I'm saying here about torts is you could apply a lot of that to Barry trots, who Barry trots really coaches his team. Like it's 1995
0: where, yes, you know, th- yes. they're
1: slowing down the game. They're playing left wing lock defense. It's just a difficult game to watch, but I feel like trots has had more success with even less talent in recent years. And he's won a cup more recently than Tortorella.
0: Yeah. With the Islanders, like with the, he made that team like, They went to the Eastern Conference Final, like, what, two years in a row? And it's just like, I I don't know how they did it. It's, I mean, he's just, he's so good at playing, like, good structured defense. And, God, imagine Carter Hart on a Barry Trotz team. That would be, his numbers would be great. He would be, he would look outstanding. But, yeah, no, like, it's, it's yeah, it's one of those things. I, I do wish there was a more progressive coach, but, like. Like I was saying about Brier, at least it seems like he has some sort of um like a like a place with the franchise for like the foreseeable future, which I'm I'm glad about. Maybe he'll be the next GM if slash when Chucky Two Trades is is uh, ousted. Yeah. But, but we'll see. Th- One thing Yeah, go ahead. I was too. just
1: gonna say the concerning part about that though is the continued presence of the Broad Street bullies up front or up top, right? Like I don't think anybody quite figured until I don't know Bob Clark went on that podcast that Bob Clark was still as involved as he was, and then Bob Clark right. then comes out of nowhere, goes on the Camus podcast, and just it starts lighting fires everywhere he can find it. Just you know, trying to basically kill Ron Hextall if he can. No, not trying. Yeah. He's not trying to kill Ron So, <laughs> but he's he's clearly trying to take two hands and throw him firmly under the bus for the Flyers' current struggles and. You know, you can certainly blame a lot of that on Hextall, but you can't blame everything. And as we've explored before, it's it's silly to really go back and, and quibble about the the draft where Nolan Patrick was drafted, because, again, everybody and their mother knew Nolan Patrick was a top three talent in that draft. And if usually they took, the top. Yeah. Two, like he was until a few months before that draft. He was the projected number one. And then he fell. For, years. What, for years, really. And then. Nobody knew McCarr was going to be... People knew McCarr was going to be good, right? But nobody knew McCarr was going to be just like... As he looks right now, an all-time NHL offensive defenseman. Yes. He looks like a a just... Stunningly one of the best talents ever. But nobody knew he was going to be... He would have been first overall if anybody had known that.
0: If... The Flyers took McCarr over Nolan Patrick. Fans would have absolutely lost their shit. It would have been ridiculous. Like they would have, like people would have given up their season tickets. They would have said, "All oh, that said, I'm done with this team forever." And then it would have been a whole storm that the Flyers would have had to deal with. And those same people who would have lost their minds if they picked McHale over Nolan Patrick are the same ones saying, "Should have picked Kale McCarr." I like they called him McHale. idiots. Mikhail, Mikhail Makar. Yeah. No, uh, Mikha-
1: uh Mikhail's Navy over there. Weird 90s it, submarine yeah. movie.
0: Like they just... It's the same people saying that. And it's like... Do you realize how, like, you, you would have reacted if they actually did that? You would have totally pooped your pants. Like, chill out. Um, <laughs> pooped your pants right but... <laughs> there. I, I, yeah, right. But the, the whole thing is,
1: though, ultimately, I don't trust these old school guys to continue. Like, I worry that if Briere gets in there, he's still going to have Bob Clark whispering He's going to have him like, in his ear. need some yeah. grit, Danny. Where's the grit,
0: Danny? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, maybe that maybe like some sort of infusion of grit and high end talent, which like, I, I wouldn't be like, I have no doubt in my mind that like, if Briere would become the GM, he would bring in a lot of high end talent, like lots of speedier, quicker guys um, who can, you know, score goals, get points. I feel like he'd be able to do that. And then maybe pair that with some like bigger dudes who hit people like that. Wouldn't be a recipe for disaster, I don't Find think. me a goddamn like Tom that. Wilson,
1: okay? If you're going to do that, find me yeah. a Tom Wilson who can, while he's, you know, aggressively trying to murder everybody on the ice, at least scoring some goals. Yeah, trade for uh, Jacob But Truma. don't get me a Ryan Reeves, who just, you know.
0: That's all he can he do. J- he's just, just a fun.
1: boxer on skates. You know, yeah. the, Ryan Reeves is really not. I, 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 okay, he can hit the hell They love him in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah, they all love Chris Stewart, too. And that guy couldn't even play hockey when he was here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just there was I almost have a weird soft spot for Ryan Reeves just because of the year Vegas went to the Stanley Cup. He was like a rock star in that locker room. Everybody loves the
1: big hitter on the team, right? Like everybody loves Zach McEwen on this team. Zach McEwen is a blast to watch. He's a fun injection of old school hockey right there. But but he's not very Yeah, good. Madman
0: McEwen is just not, he's not that good He's at not hockey. good. No. I love him and I enjoy him. And honestly, I enjoy him so much that I don't care how not good at hockey he is. I still want him in the lineup. Oh, I, I love like, having Big Mac on weird. that
1: fourth line for like five minutes a night to fight a guy, have that mustache, and that's pretty much it.
0: <laughs> just have the mustache and you're worth the it. The mustache is
1: great. I'm, I You should yeah. have at least one player per roster with
0: weird facial hair that the fans can enjoy yeah no i agree yeah we need someone to have like the chops the like sideburns
1: what right now what we're missing is jake voracek's insane beard like we gained (laughs) we gained a better two-way player in cam atkinson but we lost an iconic beard and we need coots back with grow his out again like coots you got to stay healthy to have the beard presence on the ice
0: don't forget we also gained a terrific beard in ryan ellis Oh, well, if he ever plays. Is he, if, now, will he play ever again? Whom's to say? But uh, literally the the, if, the difference
1: maker for next <laughs> season is if he could stay healthy for more than three games. Yeah.
0: So I want to bring this up. Now they're on the topic of like a defenseman. So I brought this up in the Slack chat last night. And I was thinking, if, if the Flyers do hire Tortorella, what's going to happen with Provorov? Because one of two things is going to happen either he's going to kill it in Tortorella's system because I do feel like Tortorella's system is like perfect for someone like Provorov. So either he's going to kill it or knowing that what we know about Provorov Tortorella will criticize him not even just like at large just like a a decision he made and Provorov won't take it well and he'll he'll you know get a full diaper about it and then it'll be a whole situation and then it'll it'll just go spiraling out of control for Provrov particularly
1: yeah i it's a big question right now and as we talked about a couple weeks ago I, i'm kind of on the trade pro train after that pissy f- press conference that he gave at the end of the season like the, yeah. the, treating the media with such disrespect because you can treat the media with you know like, you don't have to be beholden to the media, right, respect-wise. But yeah, yeah. you you do need to have just a little bit of respect when you're dealing with these people. And, you know, Chris Pronger played the game really well in that regard, where he could kind of, uh, you know, talk to the, the press in a way that they found amusing, but also, you know, was a little surly at the same time. But it wasn't like, right. it, 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 I don't know, it was kind of fun. In a way, whereas Provorov was just being an asshole to everybody, just being a straight up jerk to people. And that sucks. And that sucks to see. And that's just an attitude problem right now. And if you can't take any criticism, you're playing in the wrong city. So I don't trust Provorov moving forward just as a guy with a... Like... Listen, of the four major sports in Philadelphia, you probably still have the smallest spotlight on you from the Flyers of any yeah, other athlete. Yeah. And if you can't take this moderate amount of heat, it wasn't even that bad. People just said he's playing below the standards we expect from Ivan Provorov. And, yes, and nobody quite
0: came. He out should and agree. Said
1: he a, yeah, exactly. He should say, "I do have to play better." And like Cam Atkinson came out and said all the right stuff, but. Uh, I I I don't know. I kind of want him gone. I don't really trust him moving forward, and I feel I don't like trust him either. We've seen his yeah. peak
0: well a long time ago at this point. I feel like him and Torts would just be such a weird dynamic. Just I, I feel like Torts would have to walk on eggshells with with Provy, and like we know that that's not what Torts does. No, all. no, he does not. So and like that that would be. weird.
1: I'm okay with that, but like as long as it either oh, I love it. gets yeah. him in shape or it gets him you know his ticket out of town because i just i i don't want it just seems like a toxic presence at this point i, I could be reading yeah, the situation I wrong i would love to be eating my words in a few months and say like oh i was totally wrong about Provorov I, i'd love to be saying that but i don't think i'm going to be saying that
0: yeah yeah and also like when it comes to the media thing also like it's one thing to be shitty to the media if they ask you a stupid, like, just fucking dumb questions. But when someone, when Jordan Hall asks you, how would you evaluate your season? Like, how is that a shitty, like, what's wrong with that question? There's nothing wrong. He was literally asking for your opinion. Like, you can say, oh, yeah, he that was his opportunity. If he thought he played well, he could say, yeah, I thought he played really well, you know, for this reason, that reason, whatever. And he, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, that still bothers me. He, he like should have just declined to speak that day, frankly. Yeah, and he should. Like,
1: obviously, people are not going to think too highly of you for that, but they have are thinking far worse from that outburst than they would think if you yes. were, you just pieced out.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see if that ends up being a, a match made in heaven or just a complete meltdown. Welcome to hell, Welcome to hell, i John and I've got the pitchfork pitches. Yeah! We okay, are going to hell!
1: John Tortorella's <laughs> hell! <laughs> oh man, and well, you know, we don't have much time, so we're just going to shift gears real quick, and we got to talk... <laughs> hard, hard segue. Hard segue, we are talking... we got to talk about the Stanley Cup Final before. We... we only have a few minutes to record this week, so we're just knocking it out. I had an unexpected thing earlier, and it threw the whole day through a loop, but whatever. We're actually recording... Vox worked out a deal. Hooray for that. Great job, Steph. Go,
0: Vox. Yeah, we do need to say, yeah, we need to bring that up. Like, I know Steph was working very, very hard, hard, literally around the clock, with all of the rest of the Vox union to get a deal done. And. Holy fuck, they did they it. They did it. So I'm really proud of the Vox Union. They did a really good yes. job. Yes.
1: Union strong over here.
0: No scabs on this
1: podcast. We were, cur- we were absolutely prepared to not podcast for a while, which sucks. Yeah. But <laughs> We, uh, we're here. We're talking, but only for a little bit of time, but let's talk about the Stanley Cup final. Let's talk about John Tortorella's former team and the team he inspired to their current success, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I think, you know, when we were talking last week, we were kind of like, I don't know if the lightning are going to pull it out this time. Cause the Rangers look pretty good in those first two games. The lightning were, they <laughs> were not getting beat. They were analyzing. They were getting mad. Yeah. They were analyzing their opponent and they came back and they dominated the rest of the, well, not dominated, but
0: four straight. Yeah, They, they won, won four straight. straight
1: so I guess you can say they dominated, but they, they won the rest of the series and, you know at first it was a struggle but then they kind of just made it look easy and then that last game for an elimination game i cannot believe how bad the rangers looked in that game
0: yeah they were and then the whole thing with uh capo caco and all that yeah it was that was just a weird even the best coaches they were just...
1: do this shit with their young players it's wild
0: dude i'm Yeah, I was going to say, because it's funny you say that earlier today, I was literally going to tweet basically that, like even some of the best coaches in the NHL have really dumb moments where they do just amazingly stupid shit. Gerard Blount did the same thing back in the Stanley Cup uh, run not too long ago. So like sometimes when you got your back against the wall, you just kind of you get you get blinded to, you know, good ideas. What did he say? He was just trying to win the hockey game. Like, no shit, Sherlock. It was, yeah, it was a team decision. Team decision.
1: What, do you have everybody vote? Say, like, topo out. (laughs) We're going to do a blind vote, okay? And uh, I'm going to read it and
0: embarrass him. Yeah. He felt like it needed to be done. Okay.
1: Whatever, you know, you are the coach. You know more about the ice sport than I do. But whatever, I think it was a dumb decision. But it doesn't matter because the Rangers got beaten. You know, ultimately, it's pretty much what we all said about this team for most of the season. That they're so dependent on Shesterkin. And, you know, in that last game, probably didn't have his best series. But ultimately, the guy had stunning numbers for the playoffs. He was their rock. He's so good. He's so good. And he was the reason that team went as far as they did. Because while the Rangers have a good amount of offensive talent, they don't really have much on the back end. And, you know, sadly, Justin Braun could not save them. It's funny. (laughs) We we talk about (laughs) ex-Flyers in the playoffs, and I just totally forgot about Braun
0: until a couple days ago. Dude, like, how, I, I don't know. Like, didn't he get scratched too? I feel like he missed a couple games in this playoffs. I, I believe at some point in the
1: playoffs he did, yeah. But I, I really yeah. wasn't paying attention because I just don't give a shit about
0: Justin Prong. He was here for I a couple a, years yeah. and I,
1: I could not care less. But, you know, I... I liked him. Yeah, Like, I don't fun. have anything against him. Seems it's like just a nice like, guy.
0: I don't care enough about him to, like, follow him to his next team exactly exactly but hey good riddance to the rangers au revoir goodbye and the lightning are
1: yet again in the cup they're going for a three-peat a three-peat i believe has not happened since the islanders in the early 80s and it's just it's really hard in hockey to three-peat it
0: really is just a difficult thing to do so here's where well first of all let me say this i'm so happy that this is happening abs lightning is i th- i feel like i can say like it's kind of the matchup everyone was hoping for. It's so good. Like, it's going to be such a fun thing. We got Avs Lightning. It's going to be a great series. But also, what one of two things is going to happen, both of which are historically amazing, and one of them is hilarious. So either the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to win three straight Stanley Cups, which is just what a feat. If they pull that off, wow, that's incredible. Good for them. And you know what? If they do pull it off, I won't even be mad because I like... I still kind of like Tampa, even though they've been like, like dominant. It's not like the Patriots where I just like, I was so fucking tired of them. And I just couldn't wait for the downfall. Like Tampa, I have no problem with a single person on that team. Um, And they're fun to watch. And so I I will not be pissed at all if they win a third straight. But if they lose, I, I am rooting for the Avalanche, even though I do like Tampa. I like Colorado more. But if Colorado wins and Tampa loses, this means that Corey Perry will have lost the Stanley Cup three years in a row, which is so <laughs> funny to me. So funny to me. I didn't even I, think I about need that. that to happen. Holy shit! I didn't think about that at all. Oh my god! <laughs> and you know what? I won't feel bad at him. But I won't feel bad for him at all. He won the cup already. He won it in Anaheim, so it's not like he's. It's not like a Joe Thornton situation where, like, you're rooting for him to get it for the first time. Also, he's a noted jerk. He's won it before. Noted (laughs) jerk, Corey
1: Perry. Noted
0: piece of garbage on the ice. One of the most hated players in the league. Yeah. So, like, it would be so funny. He he won his cup back in the day. I don't care. I want to see him be really, really sad for a third year in a row. That would be so funny if that happened.
1: So we're trying to see if Corey Perry's uh, jinx energy can outdo patrick maroon's inexplicable <laughs> yes. big rig winner energy like this guy from getting kicked off the phantoms kicked off the phantoms for whatever it was <laughs> to being a just perpetual every year a- an annual stanley cup winner is wild to think about and will which what will win Corey
0: Perry shit energy or the big rigs winner energy it's it's a what is it an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like which one? When, yeah, what is that? And can they get to Flavor Town together? That's the question. Oh man, I see. That's another thing. Like if Tampa if Tampa wins, I do want to see Pat Maroon go to Flavor Town and just get absolutely blasted again celebrating the stanley cup he has the best stanley cup celebrations the
1: man lives in flavor town he's basically like he's not the mayor but he's he's got
0: a residency there oh yeah yeah no he might as well just be guy fieri himself
1: he, he might be he might have to just he's got to get those frosted his, tips he's gonna frost his beard tips yeah <laughs> now okay here's the question we were talking about unstoppable forces, you know, immovable objects. And the avalanche. the avalanche team that their offense has been so goddamn good. They dominated the Oilers after. I, I We thought it was, it might be a tight series. We thought it was certainly going to be a high scoring series. And there was one game where it was really, really like back and forth crazy. And then the Avalanche just kind of kicked their ass after that. And I mean, they, they, the games in Edmonton were close, but. The avalanche just prevailed every time, ended up being a sweep. I, I think we we're all a little stunned by just how Colorado was able to do that. We expect I think most people expected Colorado to win, but the sweep yeah. was kind of shocking there. And Tampa Bay is maybe the one team that has learned enough lessons defensively to maybe slow that avalanche offense a little bit. Vasileski has been amazing. Right now he I think he might be the Con Smythe uh, front runner and I think he certainly brings it home if Tampa Bay wins this. He's got a 928 save percentage, 227 GAA. That's is great and if he can shut down McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen, Landeskog, all those guys who are right next to each other in points right now. I mean McCar 22. McKinnon eighteen, Rantanen seventeen, Landeskog seventeen, and this is all just in fourteen games played. Not quite McDavid yeah. numbers, but pretty damn good. If he can shut those guys down, I think you have to give the consmite to Vasilevsky. Although Kucherov also has a pretty, you know, compelling case.
0: Yeah. All right. So what I'm going to say here is like really controversial. I know you can't give the consmite to someone who isn't even in the Stanley Cup final, but dude, Connor McDavid was so fucking good these playoffs. Like. I legit would think about giving it to him. I would I really think would. about I, I, it, but will no, You know what? It's got go to go. It's got to be Kel McCarr. If, if the Avs win it, I think
1: it's got to be McCarr, yeah. which uh, 22 points in 14 games played for a defenseman is it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He's so goddamn good. And I, you know, I know a lot of Flyers fans are salty about McCarr, but I just love to go watch the guy play hockey. I just love it. Yeah, I, I just, he is so much fun to watch. Same with McKinnon. Like M- McKinnon, we're not salty about, but McKinnon, is a great force. He's just awesome to watch. These are just great hockey players to watch. So it's, it's going to be an interesting series. Who you got right now, Ryan?
0: Um, all right. So my heart wants Colorado to win in seven. I feel like, all right. Yeah. My heart wants Colorado to win in seven, but my head says Tampa In six. Ooh, I kind of agree
1: with you, which sucks. I want this series to go seven. I absolutely want this to go down to the wire, just be one of the best Stanley Cup finals we've seen in a hot minute. But I I don't know. I feel like Tampa just has the system down. They have that analysis. They figure things out. And they're so good defensively. I mean, just think about having Hedman back there and McDonough and Vasilevsky and... i don't trust colorado's goaltender. i don't trust i don't trust them either
0: and are are we looking at francis uh
1: being the guy going into the series
0: right now i honestly haven't even paid attention to that storyline but i feel like i actually i think i saw that um um darcy kemper skated recently
1: right but i mean given how kemper played before he went out i don't know i think you have to at least think about francis
0: yeah, I don't know what they're going to do here. This is a weird... Yeah. God. It's just... I, I want... I really want Colorado because they're so fun. They're so and, much fun. Uh, like, McKinnon and Makar are awesome. But, like, the goaltending is a legit problem. And, like, when you when you have problem goaltending and you're facing off against Andre Vasilevsky, that's probably not going to work out well. <laughs> like, for you at all. So, I, I yeah. I, I feel like it's going to end up being a... Uh, a Tampa win here. three p. I, I think it might be, but I, I am rooting for Colorado because I, I know that fan
1: base really wants this bad. Uh, did you ul- ultimately see ball arena just filled with fans watching the away game? I think I did. Again. That was awesome. It's awesome. I love when they do stuff like that. I think, you know, sports franchises need to do this more and Colorado. I mean, it's not quite the flyers drought, right? Which is very, very long as we're all painfully aware, but they haven't won a cup since what? 2001 at this point. So it's been yeah. over twenty years, and this is a fan base that really, really wants this bad.
0: Yeah, that shot of the fans kind of reminded me of uh, um, when Simone Gagne scored that goal against the Bruins, and then they showed Wachovia Center. Oh, and yeah. And everyone was like oh, losing yeah. their minds. It was, yeah, a, uh, it was what?
1: A, oh, what a feeling! I would love to go back to that feeling. I don't know how you did it there, but we got a yeah. lot to do. But we'll be talking about that over the rest of the summer, and we'll certainly be back soon talking about the Stanley cup final
0: and everything, but hopefully it's a hell of a series. And hopefully we're still talking about it when we come back next week. Oh, Oh God. I don't want, yeah. If there's a sweep, I'm going to, I'm going to riot. That's not what I want at all. So, and just an FYI, if you're not aware, the final will be on ABC.
1: It's not going to be on ESPN, not on TNT. It's going to be on ABC and they're, they're alternate years. So TNT is going to have it next year and then ABC the year after and so on and so forth. So, you can watch this on ABC, but, you know, I think we all can just look at the, the menu on our, like, YouTube TVs or Hulu or whatever and just see it there. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. easier to find than ever. Super easy. Yeah, super easy. But, all right, looking forward to it. We got to go. I know it's a short one, especially for us, but, you know, them's the apples. Them's the breaks right there. But, <laughs> hey, we're still podcasting. I'll take that.
0: Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter and give feedback and such? Twatter. You can find me at Ryan Quiggs with a C. What about you, Steve? Wow! Where can oh, people well, find you? You
1: can find <laughs> wow. me hyperbolically, or at Estate for hockey purposes. Make it purplely Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. All that fun stuff, folks! Thanks so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow! 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 Wow!